Well, as we make our approach to a new year, especially out of a particularly difficult year, it seemed like an appropriate time for us to be able to talk about needing unstoppable faith. And that's where we are really in the book of Acts. And as we uh, traverse the next couple of chapters, we're going to get these pictures of uh, powerful faith. And we're going to look at how they were able to have such faith and the kind of faith that then we can really tap into so that we can have that as we approach uh, this new year. And so uh, for this section of Acts, that's what it's called. And even some of the side lessons that we'll do in January uh, are also going to be undergirding that still same idea about uh, how we can live with an unstoppable uh, faith. It was just read for us in Acts chapter 3, uh, this amazing scene that, that takes place. You have Peter and John as apostles, and they are going up to the temple. It's the, the time of prayer. And, and you can imagine the scene pretty easily that we have here a, a man who is lame from birth, and he's uh, placed there every single day during these hours so that those who were going on the way to the temple for prayer would give him something, some kind of money, some kind of support and assistance. And it just so happens on this occasion, as Peter and John are making their way to the temple, as they approach this man who is lame from birth. And I find the the picture interesting that verse 3 says uh, he's asking for money, but Peter and John then look at him and say, look at us. It just kind of gives you the painting that he's just used to people passing by. He's just got his head down. He's just like, any help you can give, any help you can give. And Peter and John actually stop and have to say, look at us. We've slowed down long enough to have a conversation with you. And then the conversation takes an amazing turn. Because Peter and John do not just simply say, you know, I'm really ashamed of the situation you're in, but, but rather begin to move toward an amazing event. Verse 6, we don't have silver and gold, but here's what I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And immediately grabbing him by the hand and pulling him up, this man jumps up and it says that he's jumping, he starts walking, and he now follows Peter and John into the temple. And verse 9 says he's walking, he's leaping, and he's praising God. You can imagine that that's a little bit of a commotion. A little bit of excitement that's happened as they move into the temple courts that Peter and John come walking in. And here is this guy with him and he's ecstatic. And he's walking around, jumping around and praising God as they're walking through the temple courts. So much so that verse 10 tells us that people begin to see him and recognize him as the guy they just passed a few minutes ago who's there every single day. And it says there in verse 10 that they were filled with awe and astonishment about what had happened. 
And they're just watching the scene. This is a man who's been lame from birth. We see him every day. And how is it that he is now walking around? How is it that he's jumping around? And he's praising God in the middle of this. This lends an opportunity because obviously the people want an explanation. What has happened at this moment? What is what is going on? How is this man able to be walking and leaping? What has taken place? And and that's where Peter seizes the opportunity. And I want you to notice the thing that Peter says. There are two important points. Verse 12. Peter saw this, seeing everybody coming and watching this commotion. Fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at us as though we had made him walk by our own power or righteousness or godliness? Everybody's looking at this, you know, jaw dropped, eyes wide open. And Peter stands up to them and goes, why are you looking at us? It's not like it's because of our power. It's not because we were able to do something special. And you read, read the, no, it was them, right? You picked him up and here he's now walking, leaping and praising God. And Peter and John go, don't look at us. Not by our power. It wasn't by our piety or godliness or righteousness that was able to do this. Here is what I want you to know as to why this man is walking around, why he's leaping, and why he's praising God. He then says in verse 13, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified His servant, Jesus. Whom you handed over and denied before Pilate, Though he had decided to release him, you denied the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murder released to you. You killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead. We are witnesses of this by faith in his name. His name has made this man strong whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. I want you to notice what Peter does. Why are you looking at us? It wasn't us. It wasn't our power. It wasn't our righteousness. Who did the healing then? And Peter says, Jesus did. Jesus is the one who has healed this man. You killed him. God raised him up. And it is through faith in him, through the power of Christ, that this man has been able to be healed. And I want you to notice the phrase that's given there. It is Jesus who has given him this complete or perfect health. I think this is just so amazing is that he is putting the point on the fact that it is faith in Jesus that has caused this. Here's Peter and John not saying, oh, you know, we're really special. He doesn't no, no, we're not special. You know, well, we're really important people. And they don't say that. 
How is this man able to be healed? He's able to be healed through faith in Jesus. And what I want you to see is happening in this account. The point that we've made in our Sunday night series many times as we've been looking through the Old Testament and reading these narratives, the same lens is applied to narratives in the book of Acts. That this is not story for the sake of story. This is not, well, let me just tell you about something strange that happened one day while Peter and John were on their way to the temple. But rather what we are seeing here is that this healing of the lame man is a representation of a spiritual picture. There is a spiritual teaching that is being given here because this man's life represents our lives. Think about this man. From the very beginning of his life, he's been lame. And from the very beginning of his life, he has needed help. He's needed healing his whole time. And we're told that whether it be friends or family or both, somebody is always having to help him. They're always taking him to the the temple gates. And nobody can do anything for him. Can his family heal him? No. Can his friends give him what he needs? No. Can even the people passing by give him what he needs? No. Nobody is able to give him the health or the healing that he needs. And that is our picture. That is our condition. That is where we are at. And that that is the, the amazing scene that is given to us is that Peter wants this to be a huge teaching point that only Jesus is able to give perfect health. Only Jesus is the one who is able to heal. And it is through your faith in Him that that healing can happen. And that's what Peter and John are standing up and proclaiming is that they are trying to get everybody to understand that only Jesus was the one who could address his situation to solve his problem and to give him exactly what he needs. Nobody else could do it. It didn't matter how many friends he had. It didn't matter how many uh, how much family he had. It didn't matter how much money he would collect on every single day. Nobody could help his condition except God. That is the imagery that is being set up for us. So that Peter will walk in and say, I want you to see something. Health and healing did not come by our power, our abilities, our knowledge and experience, and we're so, so great. Nor has it come by our righteousness. It's only come by the power of God. This healing, this complete health, this perfect health, the healing that this man needed couldn't come from godliness, power, or righteousness, couldn't come from any other source except Jesus himself. And what happens now is that Peter doesn't wait like in Acts 2 where then everybody asks a question, well, what should we do? Peter just moves right into it and says, now here's the response you need to have. When you understand that your healing, 
that you desperately need can only come through Jesus and in no other place, then here's what you need to do about that. Verse 19. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Heaven must receive him until the time of the restoration of all things, which God spoke about through his holy prophets from the beginning. Moses said, the Lord, your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You must listen to everything he tells you. And everyone who does not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from the people. In addition, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those after him also foretold of these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your ancestors saying to Abraham and and all your families of the earth will be blessed through your offspring. God raised up his servant and sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you. From your evil ways. This sermon is stunning. How he uses the healing of the lame man is absolutely stunning. So you want your perfect health and healing. You want what only Christ can offer to your life. Here is what you need to do. He begins by saying, repent and turn back to God. And I want you just to get the visuals of the things that Peter says in this. The first visual is to turn back to God. An image that you have gone away from God and it is time to return to Him. You have wandered away. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all like sheep have gone astray each our own path our own way that's what peter begins with is at first recognize you've gone away from god you have left him and so if you want healing if you want the health that is being pictured in this spiritual imagery that's being done through the lame man the healing that every individual needs to have that spiritual health First, you got to see that you're away from God. You have to see that you're far from God. And if you will turn back to God, notice the two results. Two more images. Image number one. That your sins may be wiped out. I like that image. Won't you just to visualize an image of all of your sins being put on a chalkboard or a whiteboard. And he says, if you'll turn back to God, he'll just wipe all of those out. He just erases them. Turn back to God. Have your sins erased. Have them blotted out. Have them wiped out. Just take them right off the board. I think all of us from time to time in our lives enjoy the idea of thinking about fresh starts. I have the tendency to think that's why we like the idea of a new year. 
Because obviously, functionally, nothing's going to be any different seven days from now <laughs> than where we are right now. <laughs> you know, just because we get new calendars and call it a new month and call it a new year doesn't functionally change anything in our lives or in our atmosphere or culture or any of that kind of stuff. So why do we gravitate to it so much? Why is it such a big deal? Because I think there's something exciting about a fresh start. It's a new year. It's a new month. It's a new opportunity to start over and do better and put the things of the past in the past and let 2020, let's just close that book, throw it in a lake and forget it forever and let's start new. And what I want you to see is that that's what God's offer is. As much as we wish that the new year was actually going to do that, that everything that happened this year would be thrown in a book, we could light it on fire and there it's ever gone, we'll erase it from our minds and start over. That won't happen. But God can do that with your sins. God can do that with your life. That's what Peter is offering. We want a fresh start. All of the sins, all of the mistakes, all the wrong. Turn to God. And he'll just wipe it out. Just put it off the board. It's not there anymore. It's no longer on the list. It's no longer there before the eyes of God. There's a fresh start that's being offered. And think about how amazing that is because what has Peter just said here? Verse 13, you handed him over and denied him before Pilate, even though Pilate had decided to release him. Pilate was going to let Jesus go and you're the reason why he didn't. Verse 14, you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be released instead. That wasn't enough. Verse 15. You killed the source of life. But God will give you a fresh start anyway. God will erase those sins. You denied him. You asked for a murderer instead of him. And the very one who is the giver of life you killed. Hear the irony? That's what Peter intended right there. The one who gave this man perfect health you killed. But turn back to God and he'll erase your sins. He'll just take that right off the board. He will take care of all of that. A fresh start is being depicted. And not only do you have that image of a fresh start being given, notice the rest of the imagery that's given in in verse 20, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. There is another beautiful image. I don't know that we have any negative connotation to the word Refreshing. (laughs) That's a good word. 
We want refreshing on a hot, burning July day in South Florida. We want refreshment. That is a great word. We need refreshing. In fact, that Greek word carries with it the idea of relief from distress, from difficulty, or a burdensome circumstance. Refreshing, relief from difficulty, from distress, or a burdensome circumstance. It's the picture of relief. Refreshing may come upon you. Relief will come upon you. Here is Peter's offer. Let God give you relief from the burdens that you carry. When I was a kid, there was a commercial. You might be old enough to know it too. It asked a question. How do you spell relief? And I want you to see Peter's kind of asking that question to these people. Do you understand that relief, real relief, real refreshment is Jesus? That's what he's telling them. Turn back to God, sins wiped out, and relief and refreshment will come from God. The relief that you need, the help that you need, the the refreshing that you need. And I think this is such an important concept because what we do in our lives in trying to find this relief, this refreshment, this relaxing, is we try to find it through our own paths and our own decisions. We will solve our problems. We will make our lives better. We will figure out a way to get this all right. And here is Peter saying, relief, perfect health, satisfaction, refreshing is only in Christ. And we have to accept that seeking our own path, going our own way, only brings more misery. It only brings more pain. It only brings more problems. If we are honest with ourselves, we look in the mirror about ourselves and that, we know that's true. The more we try to fix it, the more it doesn't get fixed. And there's reasons for that. We we have our own problems. We can't help ourselves. We can't solve these things. We can't make it better. We've tried everything that we can to solve it and we can't solve it. You can't fix it. That's why the picture of the lame man is so important and why the miracle happens here is because the imagery of the lame man in his physical detriment is a picture of our spiritual detriment. Nothing the lame man can do to solve his problem. No one else can help him. They can do some minor things to him, but not the healing and the help that he needs. And that's us. That is us before our God that we need the help and the healing that only God can give. We need the the rest that He gives. We need the relief that He gives. We need the refreshing that He gives. We've tried to solve those problems. 
You know what's so terrible about always trying to fix all of our own issues is tomorrow all those issues are still there. You know, as good as you can get a day to be, then tomorrow comes. And you can't fix it. You can't solve it. One thing that we have to grasp is no matter what we do or where we go, the futility of life still exists. And God made it that way so that we would seek after him. There's a reason why Jesus walked around saying words like these. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Let's stop there. Anybody wearied and burdened? Anybody having a rough life? Anybody exhausted by life? Futility of life? Problems of life? Suffering of life? Everything that's going on in life? Anyone who's weary and burdened, Jesus walking around saying, You weary? You tired? You weighed down? You burdened? It says, Come to me and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. You hear that Jesus is walking around saying, I give rest. I'll give you the rest you're looking for. Or to use Peter's words, Jesus is the one who's giving refreshing. He's trying to give you the relief and the refreshing you need. He'll wipe your sins out. He'll give you refreshment. He is the one that you need. In fact, the rest of the paragraph that is given there from verse 21 through verse 24 is just a picture of here is Jesus who is going to do this restoration work. He is restoring all things. He's the one that can solve it. He's the one that can fix your life. He is the one that can give you the help that you need. But I want you to notice in particular how he ends this particular sermon. Look at verse 26. God raised up his servant and sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. I hope you caught that. I'll make sure we do. We'll stop here a minute. We'll camp out on that sentence. God raised up Jesus. And sent him to you because he wants to bless you. Catch that? God wants to bless you through Christ. And how is he going to bless you? By turning you from your wicked ways. Let's stop there and think about that for a minute. That's the reason why God gave all of the the rules. Why does God give us all of these laws, all of these directions, all these commands? It's just so many things that he wants us to do. And I want you to have a perspective of what Peter is saying. 
What Peter is saying is that God is attempting to bless you by turning you from your wicked ways. The reason for the commands and the rules and the laws and the teachings and all of these things that are here is not so that would be a burdensome, some kind of thing. Remember what Jesus said just a moment ago. I'm here to alleviate your weariness and burdensomeness and all of those things that are in your life that are weighing you down. Come to me who are weary and heavy laden. I'm here for that kind of rest. Well, how is he offering you rest? By trying to stop us from doing the things that make us weary and burdened. We just keep going after that stuff. It's going to be our decisions. It's going to make things so much better. And what God is always trying to show us is that the blessed life is through him. Satan is the one that comes to us and says, your best life is going to be through sin, through temptation. He's going to give you what you're looking for. He's going to give you what you need. If you just follow him, commit that sin, you'll be happy. You'll have satisfaction. You're going to have joy. You'll have peace and relief and rest. You're going to have refreshing if you do those sins. So we do those sins. Anybody refreshed now from that? Anybody better off now from those sins? Anybody feeling relief now? This is what God is coming to us and saying is I'm trying to keep you from that because that's what's destructive. That's what's hurting you. That's what's hurting your life. That's what's hurting your soul. But if you would come to me and you you listen to me, I can give you the blessed life. That's why the rules, that's why the laws, that's why the commands. God is showing us the way to the blessed life. And friends, the blessed life is turning back to God and letting your sins be erased and finding the refreshing that comes from God. Now, let's end this way. I started this off by saying we're going to talk about unstoppable faith for the next few weeks. And perhaps in your mind, you're hopefully asking, what in the world does this lesson have to do with unstoppable faith? And the first thing that I think we have to see that Acts 3 is trying to show us is the only way we're ever going to have the kind of faith that God wants us to have, the kind of faith that we see the apostles having, the kind of faith that you see those first century Christians having is understanding that it's only through Jesus that you will ever have the healing and the help that you need. You will never have the full faith in God. You'll never have it. You'll never have the faith that God is looking for us to have, this true trust in God, until we first understand that the perfect health and healing that our lives need only can be found in Christ. That's the help. And that's the hope that is given to us. The help that we need. It's only through him. And I hope that we would see if we take an analysis of ourselves in this is that our efforts to be halfway with God. And halfway doing what we want to do. Doesn't get us anywhere. It keeps faith weak. It doesn't provide the help and the healing 
that we truly need. And I think that we try so hard to have one foot firmly planted with God. We love God. We believe in God. And we're all here. And so we're with God. And then the other foot is firmly planted when Monday through Friday, I want to do what I want to do. And I want to be happy and I want to be comfortable and I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do what I think is best. I'm going to go my own way. And then when things blow up, I'll put my foot back with God again and he'll, you know, he'll be there. And we just continue this halfway, halfway, halfway. And as long as we keep doing that, we'll never have a strong faith. How could we possibly think that we would have a strong, vibrant faith? When we keep going back and forth between I'm kind of with God and I'm back doing what I want to do. And I'm going to do what seems best to me. And oh, that didn't work. Okay, God. And here's, here's Peter just trying to give us this hope and say, you need to seek this unstoppable faith. And you can have this unstoppable faith. If we would just understand what God is trying to give to us. There's a positive and a negative. I haven't talked about the negative yet. Peter did. Notice it again in in the text. In verse 22, he reminds them about Moses. He reminds them that Moses said in verse 22, hearkening back all the way to, to Deuteronomy, to remember that one day God would raise up a prophet like Moses and that you must listen to him. Verse 23, and everyone who does not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from the people. Unstoppable faith, number one. Understand that we are going to be cut off from God if we are not actively pursuing Him. We're just simply cut off from it. We're not going to have what God has to offer for us. The refreshing and the healing and the help that is available to us, it only comes if we would seek Him completely with all of our heart. So we come into this new year. We're going to talk about some new year stuff the next couple of weeks. Think about the kind of faith that you want to have going into this new year. You want to have a strong faith? If you want it to be stronger than it was this last year, then what will we do differently? Well, we think about how how God is trying to say, That if you just simply turn from your evil ways, if you'd simply come back to him and you would trust him completely, he'll give you the spiritual health and the healing that your soul needs. To summarize this in one simple way, only Jesus can fix your life. And the sooner we draw that conclusion, the better off we'll be. The help that you need is in Christ. The help that the world needs is in Christ. The only solution is in Christ. And the question is, do we have the faith to have the healing and the refreshing that can come to your life? Let me end with this simple word. What Peter has shown us is that faith means Turning from our own ways. That's what he's calling for them to do. Turn from your ways. 
And that is a true faith in God. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, it's just so easy for us to try to depend upon our own ways, to always look to ourselves for our own solutions, and to think that we have the path that we need for our own solutions, our own healing, and our own help. Lord, we know that we have failed over and over again at trying to solve the very crises of our lives. And we've repeatedly failed to see how much we need you. Lord, forgive us for attempting to be so self-sufficient and living our lives apart from you living our lives apart from your ways, trying to do things our own way. Please forgive us for that. Please forgive us for ignoring you and ignoring your commands. Please forgive us for as often as we have failed to see that you are trying to bless us through your commands. And Lord, we pray for a faith, a faith that would see your laws as for our good. We pray for a faith that we would understand that the healing that our hearts need, that our lives need, is only found in your Son. Lord, we pray for a far greater faith that we would look to you first in all circumstances, in all of our difficulties, in all of our suffering, in all of our needs. Lord, give us a stronger faith to seek you with all of our heart. Lord, give us a stronger faith to stop seeking our own ways. Give us the faith that we need to find the healing that only comes from you. Lord, we've lived through a difficult year. We've gone through times of suffering, of pain, of sorrow and loss. God, we pray that you would bless us and that you would not only heal our hearts, but that you would encourage us to propel our spiritual faith into this new year. And that we would have a far stronger faith than what we have had in the past. Lord, lift us up and strengthen us. And help us to see your son clearly. As the one who takes away our burdens. Who carries our sorrows. And gives us the true health and the true help that we need. In Jesus name. Amen. We're going to sing an invitation song in just a moment, and we do invite you to come to Jesus as the one who can truly give you the help and the healing that you need. That's what we're here for. If there's any way that we can help you, help you respond to God's offer to turn back from living your own way, turn away from sin, to enjoy your sins being wiped out, The times of refreshing to come. We want to assist you in any way possible. You can let us know after services. Talk to me afterward. Talk to someone here afterward. We'd love to assist you in any way possible. We help you in any way. Won't this song encourage you to do that while we stand and while we sing?